Hello and welcome back to Control Alt Delete. I am so excited to bring you a slightly different episode today. I realised that this is my 100th episode and um, I've been doing this podcast for uh, about a year and a half now and I've interviewed so many incredible people and I thought why not do a little episode where I look back at the best bits some of my favourite guests, some of the favourite things that they've said and I just think if you don't shout about these things yourself, no one else will. So um, join me in this very special episode where I'm basically talking through some of my favourite episodes and also just a little bit of a backstory on some of them, a little bit of the behind the scenes, how they went down. So join me in that bit in a sitcom where everything goes a little bit wobbly and they do a bit of a flashback. And I'd love to hear any of your favourite bits as well. Please do send me a comment or leave a review on iTunes and I'd love to hear your feedback but I do feel very lucky that so many people get in touch every week with the stuff that they've liked and stuff that has been like food for thought. So I started this podcast because I had a book that came out last year called Control Alt Delete and when I finished writing it I thought I was so not done with the conversations around the internet, social media, our digital selves, um, feminism and body image and mental health and all of these topics and I wanted to get my friends and my um, and people that inspire me involved and I thought I'd do maybe six episodes or maybe eight maybe do a season or something but uh, turns out I wanted to do one every week because it was doing so well and also I felt like it really added something to my life doing an interview every week it really forces you to learn it, it encourages you to listen and I've just met so many amazing people in real life some of them who after the podcast has happened have turned into friends and we've stayed friends so if you want to get out there and meet new people start a podcast um so here's my little flashback of some of the episodes I've loved and um, I hope you enjoy this episode and I know I say it every week but thank you so much for listening and supporting and making this podcast just such a joy to make. So one of the episodes which goes down as being I guess a favourite just because of how it came about was the episode with Lena Dunham. She doesn't actually do many podcasts. I think she's been a guest on quite a few in America but over here I haven't really um, seen her do much apart from maybe Women's Hour and I am friends of Lena through Twitter. She's one of the stories I tell when I talk about how amazing Twitter used to be. Maybe it's not as easy now to just like slide into someone's DMs, but back in 2011, I wrote a blog post about girls and how much I loved it and how it was different from anything I'd ever really seen on TV. And I think we forget just how different it was when it first came on. I think we were in the Sex and the City mindset still of what girls on TV looked like and did. And actually, um, you know, I was 22 when it came out and that was an age where I hadn't seen many people who looked a bit like me on TV. And I think I that's why I feel so passionately about how everyone should see themselves reflected back on TV. And sadly, I don't think we're there yet, but that was my moment of, oh, wow, someone's doing really well and she looks like me. And so um, I was friends with Lena. It was back when she actually used Twitter quite a lot herself. I know that she doesn't necessarily go on it anymore herself. She has like a team who do help her, which she talked about on the podcast. And I really wanted to ask her. I wanted to ask her what it was like being on social media at the beginning of her career versus being on social media when literally the whole world is watching you and what it's like to make quite public mistakes, especially on a platform like Twitter where literally everyone can send you whatever they want to send you 
So yeah, this episode is one of my favourites and especially the bit about Twitter. So here it is. And um, please go and listen to the whole episode afterwards if you feel like you would like to. I think about this all the time because I got on Twitter. I've like my I was just thinking about my Twitter history because I love um, I was talking to a friend who was like, I love it. It's such a community for me. And I was like, well, how many followers do you have? And she said 3000. And I was like, that is fully the sweet spot mm-hmm. because it's enough that you're really in a conversation with people but not enough that there are people who have chosen to come follow you because they despise you. So it was because just the fact is, is if you have five and a half million followers, they're not all going to be people who love and engage with your work and agree with you. And also it's just too many people to keep the party civilized. And so I'm grateful that people want to hear what I have to say. But I just remember joining Twitter in like the summer of 2009 and being like, this is heaven. Like I get to talk to like, my 100 New York friends in like a little circle, what a joy. And then my movie came out and it sort of expanded and became maybe like 5,000 people. And I thought like, oh my God, no one's ever had more Twitter followers than me. This is a dream. And then when Girls came out, it just turned into this totally different thing. And since then it sort of started to balloon. And then I, two years ago, when I last saw you, when I was in England for my book tour, was when all of the really insane attention around the chapter with my sister in my book happened and then the insane attention around the chapter about my rape and Twitter just was not. Mm -hmm. I was basically realized Twitter was, as Amy Poehler would call it, cutting. So the second episode I wanted to chat a bit about was uh, the Deborah Francis White episode on feminism and comedy. One of my favourite podcasts, and I don't know, but I'm guessing listeners of this podcast probably listen to uh, this one as well, The Guilty Feminist. Um, I just think the way that Deborah talks about feminism through comedy is genius. The guilty feminist hook is just something that I think really resonates on a deeper level with a lot of people who feel like they're getting it wrong quite a lot. I loved Roxanne Gay's Bad Feminist book. I think it was so helpful to hear other women talk about things that they think and actually question why they think these things and how sometimes we are quite problematic Um, by accident and actually isn't it better to share those moments rather than just wallow in self-doubt and and self-hatred so um, yeah the guilty feminist makes me feel so much more normal and it was an honour to go around to Deborah's house it was actually it's so much fun going around to people's houses I mean I'm not just being some sort of nosy weirdo but going to the houses of the people that you love so much on the internet is just so special Um, we were sitting there just on Deborah's sofa eating crisps and chatting and it really felt like I was just going around there for a cup of tea and we just happened to record it and that is the ultimate dream of this podcast is it would have happened anyway the chat but it just so happens I get to share it with um, all of the listeners of this podcast as well and so here is a cut of that episode about the guilty feminist and the many different paradoxes that we all live with so The Guilty Feminist is my podcast in which um, I explore with other comedians uh, and guests uh, our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities that undermine those goals. It's the best. It's one of my favourite podcasts. The the fact that you can, and I think this is comedy as a whole, isn't it? That comedy allows people to be more honest than they could be if they were being serious. Yes. And that's what I love is you guys spell out such serious topics, but you're kind of having a little guilty laugh yeah it's it's uh it's it's a place where we can admit our paradoxes 
But I think the success of the podcast is is to do with the fact that we haven't just said, oh, well, that's me. Like we've gone, so how do I change that then? Mm-hmm. How do I push, how do I make it? Cause, because it's elastic. Like if, okay, so I want to close the pay gap. I want more p- women in positions of influence. I want at least 50% of positions of influence to be filled by women because I think the world's a better place, a fairer place. And I think we'll get better results. I just don't think any homogenized, unsupervised group should be in charge of everything for everyone. I mean, that's just mm. clearly they're going to start to work in their, to their own advantage, even if they don't realize they're doing that. Um, but I also want to look good sitting down naked. And I know that what does good look like? Why do I think good looks like that billboard? Well, I know why I've been brainwashed by billboards since I was a kid. I've been brainwashed by network television to think that a a concave stomach is better than a, a slightly rounded stomach. I mean, that's insane. Another episode that uh, was really successful. I got so many comments about this one. And something that was interesting about this episode was the amount of people that said they listened to it multiple times. And I'm guilty of that. I love listening back to podcast episodes that I've loved. And there's so many um, on the long form podcast, on Desert Island Discs, on anything like that, where I've sort of bookmarked the episode and I will listen to it multiple times. There's one actually with Liz Gilbert um, on her Big Magic podcast talking to Brené Brown. And it's just one of those ones that can get you into a bit of a pep talk headspace if you just put it on. Um, Even though I've heard it so many times, sometimes I just need to hear that specific episode again. So that was really special about this episode. Um, I interviewed Dawn O'Porter about writing and motherhood. She was in London. She lives in LA, but she was over here for work. And what's funny about Dawn is when she's over here in London, she does stay for quite a bit of time, maybe a month or two. And she rents out a house. And this time I went round to one of her rented houses that I think she was renting off a friend. And it was just the funniest house. It was just, there was so many floors to it. We went up right to the very top bedroom. Uh, I think it was someone's bedroom who was, I think, probably very, very young. There was posters of Zoella on the wall and um, loads of cuddly toys everywhere. And so we just sat on this bed in this kid's bedroom. Um, There was a cat there that I think didn't have a tail and uh, kept climbing on us when we were talking, which was great. And um, yeah, we were talking about how writing a book is a slightly different feat when you have kids and how Dawn has sort of changed the way she uses social media over the last like 10 years and and how it does change when you grow up, how we sort of share differently when we get slightly more mature, I guess, or, or more comfortable in ourselves. So yeah, here's a little snippet from that episode. The luxury of time did not write a book. Like I, mm. it wasn't like I had all that time to be creative and I just, you know, bashed out novel after novel. Yeah, it's um, It was actually harder to get motivated and now I have to use my time so well that I really do like I go to work I do I pretty much do a nine-to-five job now because I got an office I couldn't work from home anymore every time I heard him breathe I would just have to go in and chew his little face <laughs> yeah that's so what a distraction cute. so I can't work from home anymore so now I go out to work and that's changed everything talking of going around to people's houses I loved going around to Will Young's house I think any millennial will have grown up, you know, watching Pop Idol or the like. And they will remember that year when Will Young won Pop Idol. Yeah, I think I couldn't have been much older than maybe 14. I remember being slightly obsessed with him. I don't think I told him that when I went around to his house, but, you know. And I just think he's really nice. I think he's been through a lot. I think 
all of the stuff that came out in the media around Strictly was kind of unfair. And I think that's why podcasts are so brilliant is you get to interview someone and they get to tell their side of the story and they get to tell their side of the story in 40 minutes, which is something that you can't fast forward or clickbait or turn into a meaty headline because you have to listen to the whole episode to understand where they're coming from. And it was just really lovely to chat to Will and ask him very openly about what his life has been like in the spotlight and actually what makes him happy now, what success does mean to him and what fame can do to you. So it was great. I went round that again, animals were in the house. There was uh, two really adorable dogs that kept climbing over us. And it just felt really special to be inside his house in a very comfortable setting with him really opening up. And I think this was probably one of the most honest episodes, even though all of the episodes um, do get quite deep at times. And I hope you enjoy this little snippet of the podcast. My life has changed so much since I used to be followed every day and mm. be, you know, that I was a bit like, what? I mean, you know, we're sitting in, the, the, I looked out this window here and there was just press everywhere. And, you know, it was just like, I don't understand this. Mm. And so in a way, I could really get a taste of how vacuous yet terrifying it is, mm. actually. Mm. It's bloody terrifying. Yeah. So I used to live in that world, and and so when it happened again, and then the secondary thing is just people saying nasty things, which no one wants. That can't control that. I can never control that. Um, but that's really hurtful and damaging and sad. And and then the third thing is, and the bigger picture is, none of it means anything. Mm. It's all fucking nonsense. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that I did a quite a different episode a while back, um, which really had more of a focus on the environment, actually. And I felt like maybe people wouldn't enjoy this episode as much because there was a bit of a cause to it. Um, you know, there was a link with, with doing something and talk about something that is a bit of an issue in terms of the environment and sustainability and being a bit more eco-friendly and I just felt like do my listeners want to hear about this because normally I just chat to someone who's quite well known and we talk about stuff um but this episode went down so so well I had people saying they were going to make changes that they were going to use the tips that they heard in the podcast episode to make some small um changes in their life and and so this episode was with Henry Holland and Lily Cole and also someone from the Marine Conservation Society and it was all about saving the environment and also the power and the problem that we have currently with plastic how much plastic we use is actually quite grim when you think about it it's something that i never really thought about i'm not perfect in any way and i was always that person that would just buy an extra plastic water bottle and not think anything of it but listening to lily and listening to henry talk about why plastic is such a problem and such an issue that we should talk about more openly um was something i found really interesting and it made me realize that actually you know something that seems quite dull on the surface like most things do when you know you talk about the climate change or you talk about plastic it's okay to talk about these things and also it's definitely easy to make these things interesting and it's definitely worth feeling passionate about them and wanting to pass the message on so um yeah here's a little snippet from that discussion it was recorded as a live podcast actually at somerset house with lots of journalists um, in the room we spoke about things that we can do i mean some of them are literally as simple as having a non-plastic bottle that you fill up instead of buying new ones every time some of the statistics in this episode i found 
baffling and surprising and shocking. And when you think about how much plastic is dumped in the environment and in the sea, it does make you think twice. So, yeah, here is a little snippet from that. It's not even something that you think about, really, until somebody points it out, perhaps, um, for an event like a fashion show, is about the fact that we actually put out about 500 single-use plastic water bottles on the seats um, every season. That's twice a year, so that's quite a lot of plastic water bottles that we can quite quickly make a change to, to eliminate from, from the whole contribution. And an episode that I loved in terms of role models, and in particular, a new kind of role model, was an episode with Grace Victory. She is someone who I really admire for her tenacity, her courage on speaking out about things, her honesty. Her book called No Filter really has zero filter on her story about growing up. And you'll you'll hear in this snippet of the podcast just how much she is very comfortable with being open about her childhood and growing up and how she feels and her mental health issues. And she has such an amazing, engaged and inspiring following of young women and men who really, really look up to her and felt like there wasn't anyone like her in our sort of celebrity culture to look up to and to be inspired by. She didn't wake up with all this confidence and she still documents her down days and her achievements and I think her balanced approach to sharing her life is something that really um, I love following. So here's a little snippet from that episode. I went to her management company, we sat in a meeting room. It was just before a big campaign was coming out and some of her BBC Three documentaries and also her book deal. So things were just kicking off for Grace and it was amazing to talk to her about what it's like um, working so hard to a goal and, and achieving it. I love watching YouTube videos, but I couldn't relate to them wholeheartedly. There wasn't anyone on there that, you know, was like mixed with like massive curly hair or was a bit street plus size. So I thought, let me just fill that little hole. Mm. So I started and it was my video. I think my first video was like a Mac call on like a really, really old webcam. It was diabolical. <laughs> but back then, that was normal. You could yeah. do that. You could put out anything and people would watch it. So I started back in 2011 um and i was doing like beauty fashion the kind of normal beauty blogger youtuber stuff and i just got really bored and thought this isn't me i love it but like it doesn't feed me essentially mm. i'm like I'm, I'm again i'm hungry for more so i thought like how can i position myself and talk about stuff that really matters to me at the same time as i was thinking that i was going through a whole heap of stuff so um, I come from a really, really difficult background. I've had a lot of childhood trauma and I was raised in an environment that no child should really be raised in. So I had a lot of issues and I was very, very anxious and I was self-harming, I had an eating disorder, I was depressed and I was just a bit fucked basically. So I was getting all these comments from people like online, oh, you're a role model, you're amazing. And I thought, you guys have no idea what I'm going through, like I'm one big fraud. This next snippet is with Nimco Ali. She is someone I've looked up to for years. I remember going to an event with uh, Nimco on the panel. It was just when she'd uh, founded her non-profit company, Daughters of Eve, which is a charity uh, working to end FGM. And it also supports women and girls who have gone through FGM. I guess the message of this podcast episode as well was... You know, I really wanted to talk to Nimco. She's so busy and it was hard to pin down a date. 
and we didn't have anywhere to record so we actually just met in Notting Hill and we recorded I think in a Starbucks um, right by the station and it was one of those things where I thought the way this podcast is going to be made is because I'm going to just catch people where they are when they are and you know if people are busy I will come to them we can record wherever there is loads of noise in the background of this episode and we are sat in the middle of a cafe having a discussion but um, I'm glad I did it and I'm glad that I still managed to talk to Nimco and, and make an episode with her and this was another sort of part of this learning of podcasting for me is you know maybe next time I would record in a studio or I would go and find a special place but I also think that going around London with a microphone and, and managing just to sit down with people for half an hour um, in any location you can find is sort of better than nothing. I think sometimes we're our own enemy where it comes to perfection and podcasting has really allowed me not to care about being too perfect. I can just make an episode and it doesn't have to be a masterpiece. It can just be a bit of audio that someone listens to and maybe the messages in that episode will speak to them and maybe they don't mind that there's some chatter in the background. Um, I'm still learning. I'm still learning at what quality is is good enough and what I can get away with. But this episode is special to me because it was the first time I'd properly met Nimco and she's someone that's turned into a friend. She is someone who I admire so, so much for all of the work she's been doing. She has changed so many people's lives. Um, she's also absolutely hilarious and has one of the best sense of humour that I know. So I hope you um, enjoyed this little snippet. I'm happy to speak out and say a lot of things because I know a lot of these young women can't do that. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, so again, it's that kind of backdrop. I came to London and to say, like, we actually need to do policy change. We need to be saying that these girls, like, you know, have your cultural identity. That's, there's like, you know, I love being Somali. I love being, I'm coming from a Muslim background, but um, I also want to be protected as a British citizen. And so that was the key thing in terms of our um, um, daughter V was to um, build on the great work that Lady was doing with young people and, mm -hmm. and having those kind of psychological conversations but then also put some policy and um, strategic work behind that. Mm. Like I said, FGM is something that happened to me. It doesn't define me. Mm. And it was this constant thing of the reason why I never spoke about why Noel talk, talks about being shamed. It's, it's, it's this thing as though like, you know, that, that you wear your FGM as a symbol of who you are forever, mm. as opposed to an act that, that you can actually stand and survive and talk about. And this is something that happened to me, but it's not something that's going to keep me down. So this next episode is with Gillian uh, Anderson, who um, I'm sure you all know, you've all probably heard of her. She's an incredible actress and she's known for so many things. Obviously, The X-Files for one and The Fall. But one of the reasons as well I love doing this podcast is sometimes it's nice to make sure that you are talking about a topic that the guest wants to talk about instead of mining them for their history or the most well-known thing they're known for. I find it's better to meet people and talk about things that they're passionate about at that point in their life. In this episode we don't talk about any of that stuff and if I was a journalist for a glossy magazine I probably would have been prodded to you know get some goss out of her but um, this episode wasn't about that it was about her book which was called We. It came out earlier this year she wrote it with her friend Jennifer Nadel and it's a brilliant book about finding yourself after having tragic times or going on a bit of a downer or suffering from addiction, anything that sort of really made you go off the rails. Um, this book is basically a call to arms on how to get back to being yourself and getting back to simplicity and calmness. And it's all of the stuff that I guess some people might roll their eyes at, 
but really it is a book on mindfulness. So um, yeah, here's a little snippet from that. And again, um, love this episode. And it was quite funny. I met them in their book publishers at HarperCollins in the little room. We had some food and, and some coffee. And I think they just got back from going on this morning. So they were like slightly tired because it's quite draining going on TV and being interviewed. So this one felt like they weren't as under pressure. Um, they didn't have to perform and I think that's another thing I love about podcasting is you don't have to perform you can literally be yourself and you don't have to be in this mode where you're on the radio and you have to crack loads of jokes so so here is a little snippet from that and menopause which may not um, be on your <laughs> your your immediate response list yet, but uh, definitely. Um, I menopause. feel like I should know more about it anyway. Though we should all know more yeah. about it. We should all know more about it. Yeah, I mean, I was horrified when it happened to me, and no one had told me. I was like, why have other women not alerted me to the fact that this is going mm. to be happening to my body? So, um, let alone mm. doctors and practitioners and society that you know there are so many opportunities along the way for it to be built into the mm. public school system to alert you to yeah. what is happening later on because it, it, do, it does significantly affect 50% of the population and it's really important to have uh, to yeah. have and a, the men who are interacting with us while we yes. go through it and it's something who must we think have. that we are absolutely mad something's happened to their mm. part you know to their yeah. wives or you know when actually it's something that we we sh- we should not have shame around and fear and there should not be taboos around it would be something that is just a part of the conversation because it's it's part of nature so i hope you enjoyed that flashback um bit of a whirlwind of some of the best moments that um, i really enjoyed on the podcast that's not to say that i didn't love every single episode of this podcast i can hand on heart say that every time i've put one up i've just been so happy to put it live and to get people listening to it and i'm so proud of every single episode and i think that's what makes podcasting so amazing as a platform is you are in total control it's yours it's your platform it's your voice it's you being you and no one edited it for me no one changed any of it it's totally something that i made myself and something that I was just so proud to share with everyone. So to round off this episode, I just wanted to say that I've had the best time making this podcast. I am pretty sure I'm gonna carry it on for a long time, but it felt like a milestone to mark. It felt like a time to look back at this podcast and think, what have I enjoyed about it and what have I learnt? Podcasts is not new. It's been around for years, decades, but we are, I feel, in a bit of a revolution of podcasting at the moment. There is a boom and everyone has got one and I think everyone is really benefiting from having one. I think the more podcasts the better. I think the fact that you know 140 characters is something that we think is normal to have a conversation in but really it's so so limiting and who can actually have a proper debate or conversation in 140 characters? Definitely not me. I think it's something that just stunts us and makes us angry at each other for no reason. And um, I think actually if we sat down and had a cup of coffee together instead of talking on Twitter, I think a lot more would be resolved. So podcasting for me is just that medium that I can actually have long conversations with people, meaningful conversations. It isn't something that I have to stick to a word limit on. Um, I think it's helped me develop as a person, I think. Um, I know that sounds really cliche, but I've learned so much from all my guests and having over 100 people now talk to me about the things that they love, what they've learned in their lives, their definition of success, 
and um, you know points in their life that have been a massive challenge I find that it's gone into my head and I've I've taken on the lessons of all these people and I hope that the listeners have as well I think that's why podcasts are so amazing is because it stays with you long long after you've listened to it I also think that I'm my most real self on control alt delete I think on Instagram you know I'm putting up pretty pictures on Twitter I'm probably a bit more sassy than I am in real life but it you know it's still me but I think on this podcast I'm 100% me because I'm in the room with the person and it's the way I would be acting anyway. It helps that I've got quite a small microphone and we're not wearing like massive headphones and I, th- I think we do genuinely forget that we're on a podcast which I think really helps to to make it feel real because it really is a genuine conversation. Um, the other thing I've learned is the power of asking. People always email me saying how did you get that person on your podcast? And the real answer is I asked them and I really made a big effort in writing that email to them or writing that Instagram DM to them or Twitter or whatever because you only get one chance really to make a good impression on someone. I think that one email needed to wow them. It needed to be saying, this is why I do the podcast. This is how many listeners I have. And this is why I feel so passionate about talking to you on it and really promoting yourself and not being afraid to. I know we live in this world where we have to sort of self-promote and I think people find it really cringe, but I think no one else is going to shout about you really unless you do. And I think that's the reason for doing this 100th episode is because, well, I could just do another episode and say it's my 100th, but I wanted to make a milestone of it and I think that's, that's more than okay. Um, a big thank you to Acast and iTunes as well for supporting this episode as well and, and really encouraging me to do it. Um, it, do, it does help to have a really nice team of people around you. Um, but I think uh, sometimes, you know, if you want something done, you do have to do it yourself. Well, that's what I think anyway. But it's also made me feel more free. I feel like we're so worried these days of saying the wrong things. And of course, we don't want to offend anyone, but it's okay to you know, ask a question that is a bit of a stupid question occasionally. It's also okay to ask why more. It's also okay to say I don't know more often. And it's just encouraged me to sort of not be so uptight about what my opinion is and not chisel it into stone and believe that's my opinion forever. I think it's encouraged me to be more fluid in my opinions. It's encouraged me to Um, look outside the box a bit and in general I just am quite proud of my improvement I think over the 100 episodes of my confidence in interviewing people and also my ability I hope to sort of see both sides and ask questions and look a little bit deeper into things instead of just going along with it but um, anyway that's it I hope you enjoyed this episode and just having a bit of a reflection with me Um, I mean, I'm literally sat in my flat sort of just reflecting alone into the microphone, but it will all be worthwhile when it comes out. Hopefully you have enjoyed this. Um, Thanks again for subscribing, listening, tweeting me, emailing me, whatever you have done over this last year and a half. I really appreciate. Um, It's just meant the world to have such an amazing group of listeners who really say that this podcast has made a difference in some way, whether it's just on the way to work and putting an idea into your mind or whether it's an episode that actually has touched on something that you have been quite worried about whatever it is um whatever you've done whatever part you've played in this i am really grateful and um thank you for listening and i hope you enjoy any future episodes that come out and i hope you enjoyed following my podcasting journey if you have an idea just buy a microphone and away you go i really recommend it 
Thanks again for looking back at some of the best bits with me today on this episode. And I'll be back soon with business as usual. Thank you so much again. Bye.